0: One. Come on, it's the special Super Bowl edition of the Big Kids Show. Today we have a very special edition of the Big Kids Show covering one of the greatest sports events that exists. That would be the NFL Super Bowl 57. Oh. That's right, the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. The final game of the NFL season where one team is crowned champions of the league and receive the vaunted Vince Lombardi trophy. Now, representing the NFC, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. They posted a 14-3 regular season record, better than the 12-5 Rams from the year before, and they were the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Representing on the AFC side, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, coached by Andy Mustache drawing Reed. They also posted a (laughs) 14-3 regular season record, better than the 10 and 7 Bengals from the year before. Wow, wow. And were the number one seed as well in the AFC playoffs. Now, as I mentioned, they're both number one seeds, guys. Mm -hmm. So the last time that there was two number one seeds in the Super Bowl was 2017. And guess who they were? It was the Eagles, and they faced off against the Patriots. They actually beat the AFC number one seed to Patriots 41 to 33. So with the Eagles and Chiefs both making it this season being the number one seed, they end a five-year drought of number number one seeds facing off. Wow. Yeah. So cool little little fun fact. So both of these teams are going to square off in Arizona. Um so, gentlemen, let's uh, let's not waste any time here. we got a lot to get into today. We're going to cover MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookies, Offensive and Defensive, as well as our own Super Bowl predictions. So let's jump right in. Mm-hmm. Guys, what's our reaction to the two teams that made it into the big dance? Mr. B, why don't you kick us off?
1: Well, I'm disappointed my Cincinnati Bengals didn't make it. So um, it, it'll be a Super Bowl that I'll probably watch in anger. But... Hey, what can you do? So You're hate hate watch it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But you know, both teams had great records. You know, yeah. they they won when they needed to, so they deserve to make it to the Super Bowl. So I kind of like to see the two powerhouses kind of going against each other. Um, a little bit different styles that they play. So that's going to be a little interesting. And obviously being at a neutral site, I think, is great too, because both these teams have been basically playing home games for the playoffs. So Let's see how they do in Arizona. Um, so should be interesting. I think it's going to be high scoring. Yeah.
2: Well, I tell you what, guys, here's the thing. I walked into the conference championship games on that Sunday thinking, you know what? We can't lose. We're going to end up with a good Super Bowl no matter what. These are the four best teams in the the NFL. So it's a win, it's going to be great. The conference championship day is one of my favorite days of football for college or pro football. It's just one of my favorite football days. I was so angry by the end of the conference championship <laughs> games and it wasn't because the teams that I were uh, that I was ro- rooting for lost. It was both games were such a disappointment. You have the starting quarterback who's already the third string quarterback for the Niners goes out it feels like right after the kickoff, he's no yeah. longer in the it was game. pretty quick, yeah. And, and everybody loves Brock Purdy, so I hope he's fine. I hope that he his career continues to just uh, keep going up and up and up uh, like we expected going into that Sunday. But they lose, and that turns out to be a terrible game. In fact, kudos to the Niners for being able to hang until halftime. I don't even know how they did yeah. that. Their yeah. defense is amazing, and uh, Shanahan is what I think probably the best – coach in the nfl right now now definitely definitely up there the flip side all right and some people are going to listen to this they're going to be like oh you're a homer and it's like no the Bengals are not my team yes i'm from ohio yes i was rooting for the cincinnati Bengals, but they're not my team and uh, what i could not believe is that it took pat mahomes patrick mahomes is amazing there's no question about that Right. No doubt, uh, Travis Kelsey. Amazing. There's so many great players. Andy Reed. He's fantastic. He's so good. He's drawing mustaches on players when they're <laughs> asleep on the plane.
1: He's going to look into that. Yeah. I'll look into it,
2: but it took, it took the 12th man. And I'm not talking about the, the great fans of the Kansas city chiefs to beat the Bengals. It was the damn refs and Seabras. that's right. And, you know, let's okay. Red stripes. We're gonna give them a, a redo. I've never seen a redo. I can't remember the last time I saw a redo on a play. And never. then, okay, redo wasn't good enough. Give them a first down. Oh, then that wasn't good enough. Give them an additional fifteen yards on a rough on a, a unnecessary roughness penalty. It's like whatever we have to do to give the Chiefs the game. And, and it got ridiculous. And here's the thing: I'm not proud of this. I, you know, I'm a man who has regrets. And on that Sunday, <laughs> on that Sunday, boys. I added another one to the list. Uh-oh. After the game, I was furious. I wasn't drunk. I want to be right on the record here. Not drunk. I had three beers from the course of the, the start of the second half of the Niners game until the Bengal game ended. So what? Three beers in the course of six hours?
1: That's That's pretty casual for Big Dick. That is pretty casual. I had to
2: get up early on Monday, so I was playing it cool. I thought I was playing it cool my mother-in-law walks into the room. She sees the bangle player push Patrick Mahomes as he's going out of bounds or maybe after he was already out of bounds. Then minutes later, the game is over and she decides to pipe up for the first time. And she says, you know what? I don't trust anybody these days. I bet you he did it on purpose. He's on the take. (laughs) <laughs> meaning
1: the bangle player it's rigged the nfl's rigged
2: that's not all a- the
0: chatter i heard after the game about the nfl yep. being rigged
1: scripted and rigged and all so that so not
2: only did i yell at the woman i dropped the f-bomb as well oh <laughs> whoa i was furious I said, come on, let's be effing rational here, <laughs> which I clearly was not being rational at this woman. And I said, well, and- I said what he he waited the entire game to to uh, do, provide this penalty so that yeah. to throw the game. And I said, and I said, I told her, I said, look, I love you, but come on now. These guys make millions of dollars a year. How much are you going to pay the guy to throw the game? Well, you you got to make Joseph- it worth his time.
0: Joseph Osai, for the record, had a monster game. I yes. mean, he he had a, a, a great game up until that point. I actually went back and watched some of the highlights. I mean, even on that drive, he got one of the tackles for losses. So, I mean, you know, everybody wanted to throw the book at him, you know. And here's my take. I'll give you my 60-second my Bengal rant. Go. Yes, the referees absolutely had something to do with the Bengals losing. But what I will firmly, firmly say is that the Bengals had plenty of chances, even yeah. at the end, to still win that game. And yep. they didn't make the, the plays when they needed to. And honestly, you got to give it up to Patrick Mahomes, who was basically on one leg at the end. I mean, as much as I wanted the Bengals to win, you could just kind of see it. And you're like, you know, look, they had two cha- two drives at the end of the game, and they didn't score on either of them.
1: Yep. Couldn't so fin- couldn't finish.
0: Yeah, and that's, you know, it's a shame. I love Joe Burrow, but that's those are the type of moments that, create legends right and and he unfortunately didn't capitalize I still think you know he will in the future hopefully but but yeah that's that's my rant on that so but no I think um these two teams I I, going into championship weekend big Nick like you said both of those games could have been the Super Bowl and I think everybody would have been happy with those being the Super Bowl games you know what I mean Bengals Mm -hmm. Chiefs and then Philly 49ers I personally wanted to see the 49ers pull it off and play the Bengals because a little revenge for our previous two losses. Plus, I like playing Brock Purdy a lot more than I do uh, Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts and that (laughs) crazy defense that they've got. (laughs) But um, let's dive into the numbers here real quick, guys. So when you look at Philly, it's kind of crazy because Philadelphia had the fifth highest yards per game rushing, right? So they had 147 yards per game rushing. But when you look at their passing, They only had 256. They weren't even in the top 10 in passing yards throughout the year. Now, Kansas City, on the other hand, of course, tops the list on the passing side because Mahomes is a monster and they averaged 308 yards per game. Yeah,
1: that's that's that's, crazy. That's pretty good.
0: And they still averaged 115 or 116 yards rushing the ball per game. So. You know, I think this is one of those instances where I mean, Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. Yes, but I think we've got more of an offensive showcase with Kansas City, basically. You know, a showdown with the Philadelphia defense, who their D line. I would have prayed for Joe Burrow's life if he was playing in the oh, Super Bowl yeah. because their D line is
1: legit. And I, and I think I think that's the big thing you're going to be looking at is if Philly can run the ball like they do, yeah. and just control the clock. Yep. You know, keep keep uh, Mahomes off the field versus the opposite. If Mahomes gets on there, puts up fourteen real quick. Now they exactly. have now they have to pass and it hurts. Not that he's a bad passer, but he's not. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's not an elite exactly. passer. Yeah, yeah, he's more of a, a, a running active quarterback. So kind of the game script and how it happens early on is really going to dictate what's going to happen down the road.
2: The thing here, guys, and I think, Mark, I love that you cited those numbers. And and before I get too far into it, I want to say shame on me. I was rude to my mother-in-law. She's a wonderful lady. I was just apologize very – I did. I, I did. I apologized to her uh, <laughs> that uh, – maybe it was the next day it took a little while i was very angry very angry but 12 hours later right so the numbers i think are very interesting but i also think that there's some devil in the details a little bit with those numbers because one with the with the chiefs you know they got this playbook that's must be like 1200 plays thick and <laughs> a lot of the a lot of these uh passing yards Yes, Patrick Mahomes fantastic. The receivers are good. Kelsey is amazing. I'm starting to wonder if he is the best tight end of all time. But here's the thing. They do a lot of the tap pass and Mahomes does a lot of the shovel pass. So that those passing numbers are inflated a little bit by what would appear to be extended handoffs to, you know, the 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 human eye. Then the flip of that is the Eagles. There's Four, five, six, seven, depending on who they're playing and how the game is playing out. Times a game where Jalen Hurts decides to tuck and run while they're in a pass formation or, or, or in the yeah. act of running a yeah. pass, passing play. So those numbers are really interesting to me. I I kinda I really dig the matchup and I I'm gonna stick to what I said going into to uh championship, conference championship Sunday. These are the four best teams in the NFL and it, they couldn't get it wrong. Even as bad of a day as I had, this is still going to be a very. This is still going to be a very good Super Bowl. Both of these teams are a lot of fun to watch, but for a lot of different reasons. So let's see how they look, mano a mano,
1: baby. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree, absolutely.
0: Well, on that note, oh, boys, why, I was going to hold off on this, but I think we're we're talking about these teams. About let's just get into our predictions. Let's let's kind of talk about where we think it's going to head because I think we've kind of covered. You know what we think the keys to the game are. So let's get into some predictions here. So, Big Nick, why don't you start us off with your prediction here first? Who do you have in this game, and and what do you see? Th- what kind of game is it? A high scoring game? Let, let us let's know what you're thinking here.
2: So, a couple things. Uh, Mister B said it, and I think he hit it right out of the park there. That we would be scared to see our boy Joe Burrow, who 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 I think all of America, most of America anyway, has fallen in love with this kid. We would be afraid to see that that <laughs> weak ass Bengals <laughs> offensive line. Backup offensive linemen. Yeah, just, just buckle and and uh I mean they would just get destroyed by the Eagles defensive line. And the Eagles are so good on both lines. The O line, the defensive line. And I don't want to sound like the old guy, you know, the angry old man shaking his fist at a black at a dark cloud. I'm not going to be that guy and say, you know, football is one in the, a game that's one in the trenches, but here's the thing that I've seen the Eagles do. And I've watched the Eagles play a bunch this year. They, the way that they win is controlling the clock and pushing people around. And they push teams around on both offense and defense. They're nasty. They're, they play a little dirty and it, the thing is, I worry about Pat Mahomes. We talk about worried about Joe Burrow. I'm equally as worried about Patrick Mahomes in that backfield while that defensive line is coming crashing down on him. And yep. the the thing here is, and you know, if any if anybody in the NFL listens to this, and they decide they want to offer me a job on the, I'll even take it on the cheap. I'm trying to <laughs> get, get into the league you. any way that I can.
1: Fifteen bucks an hour. Hire him. You get into the red zone.
2: If I'm Philly. I'm putting Slade on Kelsey once we get into that red zone. And because that's where he's the most dangerous, force them to use those receivers, force Mahomes to hold onto the ball a little too long to where you're going to get sacks. I would not be surprised if the Eagles get four sacks in this game because they're bullies and because they will be able to push around the Kansas City Chiefs. I like a close game. Maybe a little little lower scoring than most people think. I'm going to go 27-23. Fly, Eagles, fly.
1: Ooh, all right. Nice, nice. nice. I like that. And, and calling out four sacks for Philly from Big yeah. Dick.
0: There's got to be some betting line on that. Oh, I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, and on that note, I'll just call it out here real quick. So the Eagles are actually one and a half point favorites. And the over-under for this game is 51 so Big Nick, you are just underneath the 51 so and you know what here's the thing her.
2: if, if you if, you know some of these states are just getting betting apps and just allowed to bet sports now legally uh for the for some time, some states for the first time this year in the year 2023 the year of our Lord but if you're betting the Super Bowl for the first time and you've never bet football before, and you're doing it just because it's a Super Bowl, here's a big Nick recommendation. Even though I went with 27-23, which falls under 51, (laughs) don't bet the under. Here's why. It's just not that much fun. You don't want to sit there (laughs) and not root for points, right? You want points. You want action. So find some other bet to make. Don't bet the under, even though big Nick says 27-23.
0: Professional advice right there, folks. <laughs> and if you lose your bet, you can contact Big Nick at...
2: <laughs> I didn't tell you what bet to make. I told you what bet not
0: Reimbursements to make. will be made in full. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not with what Simplecast is charging me these
1: days. <laughs> All right, Mr. B, what do you got for us? So I, I, Big Nick, I think, was spot on there. I mean, it's going to be... Is the defense going to overpower offense or vice versa? I mean... Yeah. Just like in the AFC Championship game, that Chris Jones for the Chiefs was oh, just dominant. He freak. is
2: awesome. Freak. Yeah, so
1: it's kind of one of these things of who will prevail. I mean, if the defense prevails, we might see a lower-scoring game. If the offense can get it done, it's going to be a high-scoring game. And it kind of gets into a lot of the weird things that happen. You know, short fields and you know missed field goals and stuff like that. But I think... Big Nick, I think I'm going to go with you, buddy. I think the Eagles are going to win this one. And I think it's going to be – I'm going to go 34-31 Eagles. Ooh. you know, I, I think it's going to be close. I think the, the biggest thing I think it's going to come down to is can Jalen Hurts make the passes when he needs to? Yeah. Because yeah, I think he's going to be forced to pass because they're going to shut down the run. They're going to really try to even though – I mean, Jalen Hurts is basically a running back. Mm-hmm. And you they know, did a
0: good I, job against the Bengals. I
1: yeah, mean, he, the, the Bengals he, couldn't run the ball. Yeah. So, you know, can they run the ball? And if they start to stuff it, can they switch to the pass and make it happen? So, yep. But I think, I think the Eagles are going to pull it off. I think the Eagles' defense is really scary. Yep. Um, and then you kind of look at I mean, if you remove Mahomes, hopefully isn't as dinged up as he was with the gimpy leg. But, yep. even again, if you can shut down Kelsey... Their receivers, I'm not saying they're bad guys, but they're not super elite receivers. So, yeah. you know, I mean, just as a coach, I would be like, all right, let's look at their number one people here. Let's shut down this guy. And then let's have these other three guys try to beat us. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know? No, that's a good point. I mean, I think there's definitely the... I'll call it the Tom Brady effect when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs team because you've got a bunch of receivers who really aren't stars. They're kind of of middle-of-the-road guys, which is not a knock. I mean, to be a middle-of-the-road NFL receiver, you got to be elite. Yeah, they're they're amazing athletes by all means, yes. I mean, they might beat me in a 40. I don't know, maybe. Barely, barely. Barely, barely. By nose. But Patrick Mahomes does that. You know, right. he's that good that he makes the guys around he elevates you. We as a Bengals fan, we used to always talk about um, Andy Dalton, right? And we used to always say he's not a guy that's gonna elevate his team. He's a good quarterback. again, to be an NFL quarterback, you gotta be unbelievably talented. Yeah. But he's not a you have to surround him with guys that help elevate him. He's not gonna be the elevator. But in well this case,
1: Patrick Mahomes is, right? So yeah. especially fun. the way he uh you know, extends the plays. Yeah. You know, that's that's the magic that he does. It's he's about to get sacked. He dips out. He moves. You think he's gonna run. He either does run or then he does some little quick pass and then it goes for 25 yards. So that's like the magic that Patrick Mahomes kind the, of brings to the table.
2: You tune into these sports shows and I feel like everybody is just so damn eager to try to compare people that play in other professional sports to Michael Jordan. Oh, he's the Michael Jordan of football. He's the Mike, you know, Michael Jordan of this. Here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes is the magic Johnson of football. <laughs> the way he distributes the ball is just, I mean, it's amazing. Just when you think it like, oh, he's got no chance. There's he's going down. There's no way anybody else is getting the ball. Boom! He puts it in somebody's hands, and I mean, it's just it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I think it's going to be a
0: great Super Bowl. That last drive that he had against the Bengals was exactly that. I mean he he literally was exactly what you want your franchise quarterback to do. I mean, it was just it was dimes throwing it guy throwing guys open, um, moving around on one leg. I mean, you could have given the guy a walker back there. He probably could have used it a little. I mean, he was he was hobbling. And, uh, you know, you got to give them all the credit. So that brings me to my selection here, guys. I, as a Bengals fan, you know. I, I think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. Th- <laughs> Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. My daughter watched the game with me. She's about to be seven. And she's like, Daddy. That other team cheated, right? so she's talking about the Chiefs. Not, not because of the Chiefs were cheating, but that the refs were cheating. So she's like, we have to root for the Eagles, right? I'm like, you're damn right, sweetheart. We're rooting for the Eagles, but I'm gonna tell you, boys, I got the Chiefs to win this game. I've got the Chiefs 30 to 27 All over right. the Eagles. I foresee in the in the vein of Big Nick, I foresee a defensive touchdown. I don't know what team is going to pull it off, but I, I see a defensive touchdown in this game to make it a little spicy.
1: And that's that's the that's the swinger right there. If one of those yep. teams can pull off a defensive touchdown, now you got a whole different ballgame. Exactly. Oh, and
0: yeah. I see a I see a field goal to win it. I, I think it's gonna be that close where it comes down to a field goal at the end. It's tied twenty-seven-27, just similar to how the Bengals and Chiefs were. Yep. I think it's gonna come right down to the end, and the last quarterback that has it that can can move their team down the field is gonna be the one that um mm-hmm that puts it through. And and obviously, you know, I I don't know too much about the, who's the, is the Eagles um, kicker still the guy that used to play on the Bengals? It was, yeah, Yeah, Elliot. Elliot. Okay. He's still yeah. So Jake Elliott and uh, you got Bucker who, I mean, he's a phenomenal kicker. So yeah, you got perfect conditions inside the dome, right? I mean, you don't have to worry about snow and all the crazy stuff, the cold weather with the kicks. Yep. So, you know, I think there's, there's going to be quite a few field goals kicking around and um yeah i think you know that would that score the way i predicted is is five field goals and and six touchdowns so that would be a pretty pretty action packed game and yep. and definitely would go the over agreed so, so that's how i'm going to roll with it all right boys we'll see who's right me or both of you me of course <laughs> um <laughs> So well, let's dive into the other fun stuff, guys. So that moves us into the MVP realm. Actually, you know what? Let's hold off the MVP. Let's do that last. Good call. Um, let's go to the rookies first. Let's go to rookie offensive player of the year. So let's just do a quick recap of who the finalists are for the rookie of the year. If you guys pick somebody outside of, you know, what's the finalists were, that's fine. But but this is what the finalists are. And for the record, everybody out there listening, we recorded this episode Ahead of the announcement on Thursday night. So, we at this point do not know who has won any of these awards. Um, Actually, just
2: hours, just hours
0: before. Literally, two hours before. So, we'll be anxious to see right when we get off this podcast and probably call each other and give each other crap about who was right and who was wrong. But um, so, the finalist we got for Offensive Rookies of the Years, boys, is, is Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterback, who we talked about a little bit. Kenneth Walker III, Seahawks running back, and Garrett Wilson from the Jets, wide receiver. So, Mr. B, let's start with you. Who do you have as Offensive Rookie of the Year?
1: Uh, When I saw the three, I mean, again, all three great rookies had great years, but I think, I don't know how Brock Purdy doesn't win it. And I I love the storyline with him. I mean, again, he was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant. So, literally the last pick in the draft you know, he was the third string quarterback. The first two of them went down, and he came on and went basically went seven and zero. And then actually, even the loss—I don't even know if you give him that loss because he got hurt. So, I mean, was he the most amazing quarterback ever? No, but he he got it done when he needed to. So, I I think Brock Purdy should win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I I love the underdog story, and you know, again, did he win the games by himself? No, but no one player does, but. He, Got it done when he needed to, and pretty impressive for a Mister Irrelevant to go seven and zero as a starting quarterback. Yeah, agreed. Love that, big, big Nick.
0: About you?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I I think you know injuries are a part of the game. Unfortunately, the worst part of the game, actually. But if if injuries weren't a factor here, I think we would probably be talking about maybe Brees Hall being in the running or yeah. the running back for the, for the Jets or the uh, Damian Pierce yeah. running back for the Houston Texans. One mm-hmm. argument I'll make for Pierce here was that he ran the ball so well as a rookie behind an average offensive line, number one, and number two on so an 14. offense where the defense knew the entire time that's what they wanted to do was run the <laughs> ball. So yeah. he had every disadvantage and still turned out to be have a hell of a year. I think personally that Chris Olave got a bit of a snub here. Um I think that he he had a great year, yeah. Yeah. I I I thought he had a better year than Walker uh the third. Brock Purdy, it's difficult cuz it's like did he play enough games? And is it his fault that he didn't play enough games? Uh no, it's not his fault, but I don't know that he played enough games. I don't know if it, before the season started, we gave our predictions. You guys recall who you thought might that you predicted to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know that Chris Alave was my selection, and so I sound a little bit like a Homer pick
1: here, saying highest, that I believe he got snubbed. Fella, fella. Yeah, I, I don't recall my my pick. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. That's a good point.
2: These three, I, I see. I I would pick Garrett Wilson, and I guess I'm going to. But I think that for all the reasons I'm picking Garrett Wilson, I would pick Chris Olave. Um, and I know that we need to keep it to the three finalists. So I'll go Garrett Wilson.
0: No, you don't have to. I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the finalists are something they announce, but, um, you know, we, we can keep this, keep this big kid style, keep it personalized to ourselves. Very, very much. That's right. All right. Well, I, on that note, I, yeah, I struggled a little bit with this one for the same reason. Um, guys, because to me, So if you look at Brock Purdy's stats, so he played in six games. He had 1,374 yards. He had 13 TDs and four interceptions. So if you extrapolate that over what could be an entire season, he's up there with Josh Allen, with Joe Burrow. Now, granted, those guys only played 16 games, not 17, but he's in the upper echelon. And I remember, I I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the NFC typically um, outside of just like fantasy football. So I remember hearing about him and then hearing a game or two. Oh yeah. This Mr. Irrelevant came in and I'm kind of like, man, it seems like this guy's kind of getting blown out of proportion. Like, is he the next Tom Brady or, you know, what's going on? Um, but obviously he had a solid year, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think you saw that when, (laughs) when he went down, they brought in Josh Johnson, former Bengal to come in in the, the playoff game. It was just like, Oh no, that's not good. Um, Garrett Wilson definitely had a good year. Kenneth Walker as well. I, it, probably not as much. I'm with you, Big Nick. I think, you know, I, I tell you what, man, just a complete side note. The Jets,
2: if they can find a quarterback, right, they're actually going to be pretty and good. that white kid, he's not bad. He's not bad. He he was good yeah, when he when Mike he was. White, he yeah. didn't start the first few games, which so yeah. they got off to a slow start. Still managed mm-hmm. to beat my Browns, but um, yeah. If White could have stayed healthy, they were in the in the race for to to make the playoffs. There,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, Zach Wilson. You hear some rumblings about the work ethic, and that always makes you nervous when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, but you know, I think. I'm gonna go Brock Purdy. I think. Yeah, buddy. It's hard to tell whether or not he would have replicated that across the whole season, but based upon the defense that San Francisco has, and they do have Debo Samuel and some other the pieces around, I think I think he was in a in a really good position um, to be able to replicate that across.
1: So, and and I think it's hard to not also put in the factor that he wasn't drafted to be a starter. You know, so the fact that he was drafted to barely make a team, let alone Mm -hmm. when he got the chance to come in, he got it done. I I think I love that story. I think that's why he wins. Is it because he was the best offensive rookie? Maybe not, but he just quarterbacks always get the either the accolades or the shame. And he was fortunate enough to come in, make a play. And I hopefully he comes back from his surgery and he's earned himself a spot in the NFL for sure.
2: Well, and you said something there that's interesting and I didn't get a chance to research this, nor did I think
1: to. But Trey Lance got
2: injured very early in the season. Was very- Brock was Brock Purdy? even was he listed as the number 3 was he on the practice squad was did they send him home and
1: then bring him back a week later i mean I, i'm not sure i th- i think he was the third i mean maybe at the times they might even have had him on the practice squad cuz sometimes they have to shift guys
2: yeah cuz some teams won't sign a third quarterback yeah. or well they or they have a third but it's on the practice squad yeah
1: yeah so yeah he was always number 3 and then really quickly got motivated to number 1 and got it done so just i love that storyline to me that's just amazing yeah absolutely yeah, it's kind
0: of crazy. I mean, there's a lot of Mr. Irrelevance out there and it's it's varied. There's a couple of them that have had some success, but it's definitely not the usual. Yep. Um I think the most successful one, if you look at it, was back in two thousand nine. It was Ryan Suckup, who was the kicker for the Chiefs. He played in hundred and sixty six games. Yep. So I mean that's a pretty good pretty good career, but
1: it's a good run. Behind him, there's a lot of guys who had zero NFL games. Well, they just, they don't usually get a shot. I mean, it's just right. kind of you're, you're trying to just stay on the team, let alone you kind of you have to make make plays when you get the shot. And he did. And exactly. You know, I hope he comes back from his surgery and keeps kicking ass. Yeah. I mean, there's only
0: two quarterbacks since 2000 that were taken in as Mr. Irrelevant. And there's one NFL start between them. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, that tells you something right
1: there. Right? Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to win it just yeah. based off that stuff.
0: So, all right, boys, So let's move on to rookie defensive player of the year. We'll switch it up here. Big Nick, why don't you give us yours first?
1: All right. I'm uh, be just sure. real quick. So for, for that
0: uh, category, the AP has Sauce Gardner, Jets cornerback, Aiden Hutchinson, Lions defensive end, and Tarek Woolen, Seahawks cornerback.
2: So I'm going to keep this pretty short and sweet here. Mr. B, I remember you had said that sauce Gardner might you before the season even started. It was a prediction Mm -hmm. that you threw out there. And I tell you what, if he doesn't get it, they should get rid of this award altogether because (laughs) he Mark, you said it earlier, buddy. If you can come in, it's one thing to be a good player, but if you can come in and transform the unit that you play on and make all of the people around you better and make that unit better, be it offense, special teams, or defense, then you are an amazing player. You are—you have separated yourself from the other good players in the league. Sauce Gardner... The Jets defense was like the second or third worst defense last year. Now, I understand that they are coached by a defensive minded guy and they spent some money and some time and things and, and resources on the defense in the offseason. But one thing that they spent time and money and resources on was this kid, Sauce Gardner, and this guy is Freaking amazing at football! He's got the sauce. He's got the IQ. The football IQ is through the roof, and he makes that whole unit better. This guy is one of the best cornerbacks that I've seen in a long time. He gets it. I think he runs away with this award. I don't think it's close. Hutchinson had a great year, and this Woolen kid he he kind of came out of nowhere. He was a later round draft pick, but uh, Sauce Gardner, one hundred percent, good call by Mister B. And he went to school
1: at.
0: UC baby, University of Cincinnati. That's
1: right. And, and I'll just I'll follow up Nick. Um I think when we had that discussion about who might be it, I I talked about him and uh Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm also going with Sauce Gardner. The, the the stat alone is that so he's the first rookie to be named to first team all-pro uh cornerback since Ronnie Lott in 1981. Ooh,
2: that's some good company
1: right yeah, there. So just and like you said is when you put an amazing cornerback on a team, you free up the defense yep. because he's like, "I got this guy. You guys can worry about the other ten players. You don't have to put That's a safety team. behind." And he just—I mean—he was an elite cornerback as a rookie. He's only going to get better. Yep. I mean, he's—I mean, can't, God, he's going to be scary in year two and three. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think—I think easily, it's Sauce Gardner going to win the defensive rookie of the year.
2: He's going to make a lot of money in year four. Yeah, so what's, yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: He a is. lot of money. That's for sure. So
0: what's crazy to me is that ESPN did a redraft. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but they did a redraft. And in that draft, they have Sauce Gardner as the number one overall pick. Oh, yes.
1: I and they I actually had
0: it. Brock Purdy as the number
1: four yes. overall pick. <laughs> well, be, because of how well he played. Like, why yeah, would you right? not pick
0: him? Yeah. How crazy is that? So the thing is, I remember... You know, I I try to pay some attention to the draft stuff. Unlike you guys, I'm not a huge college football fan, so I don't like know a ton of the players and when they're coming out. And um, but I remember hearing about Sauce Gardner at first when they you know the the talks first start up, and that's usually when the playoffs are going on. And he wasn't being talked about as a a high first rounder, but as the draft does, people somehow move up twenty slots between you know February and April, and you know, because at at, for a brief moment, I guess what I'm getting at is I was like, oh, man, could he fall to the Bengals? That would be amazing. <laughs> and then as as it got closer to the draft, it was like, that's not going to well, happen. Well,
1: because you like, start it, looking at the needs for teams, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is yeah. like it went, when you realize everybody needs an elite cornerback, he went from probably a 22nd, 23rd pick to a top five pick real quick. Yep. So some real quick stats. I will. I don't know if you guys
0: realize this, but the stats. Between Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen are a lot closer than I think you would think. So, Sauce Gardner had 70 tackles overall, which is a ton for a cornerback. Um, Tariq Woolen had 62, all right? Intercept or uh, passes defensed, Sauce Gardner had 20, 20 what, pass defense. Which led the league. Which is crazy. Led the league. Tariq mm. Woolen had 16, yeah. so nothing. Not too far behind him, mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner had two interceptions. Tariq Woolen had six. Yeah, so Tariq uh, Woolen uh, had a
1: pretty good year and not too far off. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I, I think the interceptions throw people off though. That it can. He sure. was he, the ball was not getting thrown to his players because of his, yeah. how tight of coverage he was playing. Right. So that's he for didn't sure. even have the option to get interceptions. But for, for sure, for can, sure, can, Tariq Woolen did have an, a touchdown
0: as well. Sauce Gardner did not, but. With those stats aside, I don't disagree that, that so I would take Sauce Gardner over Tariq Woolen, but definitely both going to be stupendous pros. Yes. Yeah. Who I'm going to pick, though, guys, is the same guy I picked in the beginning of the year to be Defensive Rookie of the Year, and that is Aiden Hutchinson. Big Nick, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. The <laughs> Detroit Lions almost made it to the playoffs.
2: Playoffs? I love the Lions. I love the Lions playoffs? this year. I'm talking about, and Campbell. I'm That's my boy. That's my boy right there. I boy. mean... Crank up the Metallica and drink some beer with Dan Campbell.
1: So
0: (laughs) let's put it this way. He had 46 tackles overall, less than Sauce Gardner, right? He's playing defensive end, granted. But he had nine and a half sacks. He had three passes defense. He had three interceptions. (laughs) He had one more interception than Sauce Gardner had as a defensive end. That is
1: insane. And And, he's only going to get better, too. I
0: I mean. (laughs) <laughs> and I like Detroit is kind of like my little brother team in the sense of like, they remind me so much of the Bengals. And I've I've been a Lions fan since Barry Sanders. Like ever since Barry Sanders wore the blue and gray, I've always had a special place in my heart for the Lions. So maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, outside home runs will be. Yeah, I got Aiden Hutchinson. But honestly, guys, I, I think with the stats I read off, all three of those, they got a tough choice. yeah like, All three of those players are very- insanely good.
1: Very tough choice by the the insanely good the individuals that pick them. Absolutely.
0: All right, let's keep it moving. Um, let's go to offensive player of the year, Big Nick. Let's uh, let's keep it high and tight here. Offensive player of the year, what you got?
2: All right, uh, Tariq Hill. I think. The, I mean, he 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 transformed that offense. He. You put him on any team. I think he transforms any offense if you put him on that team. Offensive player of the year. I like to mix it up because MVP is going to go to most likely a quarterback. Almost and so always. I don't want to double down and give offensive player of the year to a quarterback uh, on top of getting MVP. So I'm going to
1: rekill um Miami Dolphins wide receiver. The uh, cheetah. I like it. The cheetah. All right, Mr. B, what you got for us? And again- uh, Big Nick, he had a great uh, season three kill, but I think it's going to go to Justin Jefferson, Ooh. 128 catches, 1809 yards, um, just dominated and at the Rushed receiver it. position. So, and I I agree. I think as much as you could say, if we're talking about offensive player, well, then shouldn't it be Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? But I think Justin Jefferson is going to win it this year, um, yep. just based off the numbers he put up. Well,
0: as usual, me and Mr. B's brains are melded together because I also have Justin Jefferson. I mean, let's put it this way, guys. He broke Randy Moss's record for the most franchise Randy yards, Moss. and he broke Chris Carter's record for the most Chris receptions Carter. in yeah. Vic Vikings history. And that's with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. Yeah. No offense to Kirk Cousins, but it's not like he had Patrick Mahomes throwing on the ball. So yeah. insanity. Absolute and, insanity. And
2: I'll chime in here. I'll get on the, the Jefferson bandwagon a little bit. If you want to have a lot of fun, I put him on my fantasy football team this year. <laughs> put him on your fantasy. Put Jefferson yeah, yeah. on your fantasy. He yeah. has monster game after monster game. He He's so much fun to watch. I was trying to learn how to do the gritty because, uh, you know, he was on my team. He was my, in my first round pick. And so I would watch – I would tune into the games, watch him blow up the field, score touchdowns. Yeah. Big Nick's in the family room tripping over himself trying to do the gritty. Got the glasses going up, glasses going down, glasses going up, glasses going down. I got my
0: four-year-old son doing the gritty. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I will say um, Tyreek Hill is not even number two to me. He is like 1B because that guy also had some quarterback turmoil in Miami and had, yeah. I think, what, 100 less yards than Justin Jefferson? It's so a monster, monster year. Yeah. Um, all right, boys, let's get the defensive player of the year. Mr. B, what do you got for us?
1: So that one was tight because, again, I know if we want to announce the, uh, the three uh, kind of – finalists they were uh nick yeah. bosa defensive end for the niners chris jones defensive tackle for the chiefs and micah parsons linebacker for the cowboys um i think they all had amazing seasons amazing i, I, I think it's going to lean towards micah parsons yeah. um just because he, he was uh, just seemed a little bit more electric and he you is know? electric i mean i don't know how to describe it like just he just when he would get on the field he just was like looks like he, like he was just like twice the speed of everybody. I don't know. Yeah. It, was so, it was like a video game player out there. So I, I think Micah Parsons is going to win it. But all three of those guys are deserving of the award. They all played just an amazing season.
2: Yeah. Well, and this is a bit of a shame because I, I personally believe that Chris Jones had his best season of his career so far. I mean, he's a monster on the field. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. He's been a monster every year that he's been a professional football player. And I think this was his best season. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go Micah Parsons here because it, yeah, it, it, part of it is the nature of the position that these guys play. And one advantage to my eyeballs that Parsons had over Jones and Bosa is that he's all over the field and he, he uh, it's kind of like sauce Gardner. He transformed that whole defense. Yep. Micah Parsons is he's like watching a quarterback play defense. He, he commands the whole defense and, He's so much fun to watch. I will say this, though. If the damn Raiders could win some football games, Max Crosby is, it it should have been in the running for this. He had an amazing, I mean, he. You think Chris Jones and Bosa look dominant on the on the defensive line? Max Crosby, I just saw play after play where dudes just could not handle him. You could put two guys, three guys. You're pulling on him. You're moving. You're shifting guys. You're chipping him. It didn't matter. Max Crosby, once he decided he was getting that quarterback, you were already done. But I'll go ahead and go Micah Parsons. And before we move on real quick here, Mark, I want to make sure that I give a shout-out to longtime Big Kid show listeners, Janelle and West. Thank you for leaving us a five-star review for the show. So big ups to Janelle and Wes. That's huge. It helps us out big time. And big kids everywhere out there, please take 30 seconds to go and give us your friends, the big kids, a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen, as it is a big, big help for the show. Absolutely. It's like like adding Micah Parsons to the show.
0: I mean, Janelle and Wes are like the Micah Parsons and Chris Jones and (laughs) Nick Bosa of our (laughs) listening base. They're all stars, so... Yeah, always engaged. Always love to hear from those two. Let's,
1: let's, hear, let's hear yours, Mark. I'm excited to hear it, buddy. Yes,
0: sir. So I got to branch off from you guys. Micah Parsons, I, I agree with you 100%. I would pay anything to get that guy on the bank. Yes. But But um, I got to go Nick Bosa. Chris Jones, I didn't really know that much about. I'll be honest with you. Like he's kind. I feel like if, if you're a defensive tackle and you're not named Aaron Donald, it's hard to get that name recognition. Yeah, because you,
1: you don't you don't get the accolades, you don't get the stats. But like he just like he had to take double teams on the yeah, whole
0: time. Yeah, yeah. So then, so I mean, all the, again, all three of these guys are absolute studs. But but Nick Bosa, I mean, he had 12 less tackles than. Micah Parsons. Obviously, Micah Parsons is a linebacker, so you kind of expect that a little bit. Of course. But Nick Bosa, 18 and a half sacks and wow. a, a pass defense. Fa- I mean, just that's like that's insane numbers. He had 15 and a half last year, and he topped that and got 18 and a half this yeah. year. And that's only playing 16 out of 17 games. Yeah. So he could have topped 20 potentially. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's going to be another tough decision for the AP people because they're yeah. all they're all neck and neck. It's kind of just how you want to view I mean, what, they, what they did for their team. Let's
0: put it this way. He had five multi-sack games and only three games where he did not have a sack. Three out of 16 games he did not have a sack. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. So... All right boys, that leaves us with the, the prime crown to get to here and that's going to be the MVP. So let's let's kind of run through quickly who our finalists are here. We've got Josh Allen Bills quarterback, we've got Joe Bur- Joey Burrow B. Bengals QB, we've got Jalen Hurts Eagles QB, we've got Patrick Mahomes Chiefs QB, no surprise all four quarterbacks from all from both uh, AFC and NFC championship games. And then we've got the outlier who shouldn't be underrated, Justin Jefferson, Vikings wide receiver. Yes. So, uh, Big Nick, why don't you kick us off? What do you got for us here in the MVP side?
2: MVP, no doubt about it. I'm going Jalen Hurts. And I tell you what, watching Jalen Hurts play football this year, it was like if you could summon. The spirit of George S. Patton leading (laughs) troops into World War II, going into France and kicking some damn ass. Here's what we do. That's what Jalen Hurts just reminds me of. And I know football isn't war and war isn't football, but it was to watch him lead that offense and to see how that offense, nothing against Gardner Minshew. Everybody likes a little Minshew mania once in a while, but uh, to watch Jalen Hurts play football. And I'm going to be honest with you, boys two years ago when he was in there and he wasn't quite the starter for the Eagles, but he sometimes was, I was sitting there going, I don't know if this kid's got what it takes to last, you know, more than three or four years in the league. He certainly had the talent to get to the league. This guy, he he must've just outworked everybody because the guys, the kids football IQ through the roof, physical ability, physical ability, unbelievable i i don't know that there's another quarterback in the league that has the physical traits that this guy has maybe lamar
0: jackson that's that's maybe
2: i love watching jalen hurts uh a big fan again i i I think he's like the george s Patton of football
0: (laughs) you heard it here folks the george s Patton Uh, of football he's a
2: goddamn american hero (laughs) (laughs) from
1: alabama
0: Down South Alabama, all right, Mister B. What do you got? Are you as fiery as Big Nick about
1: your? So selection? as much as I want to say, my boy Joe Burrow should be MVP. Because again, when you think of MVP, it's you know the most valuable player in the league, and so you have to kind of factor other things of is it wins on your team? Because like, well, oh, if you have a great defense, did you really help win all those games? You know, when Joe Burrow gets the ball, he's electric. But I also, with Big Nick, I think Jalen Hurts wins it. Yeah, you know, They were just such a dominant team. He won when he needed to. Um, Patrick Mahomes is probably a close second. Joey B is yep. probably a close yep. third. Um, as much as just it'd be cool to see a receiver win it, I just don't know how you can top those three guys. And then even Josh Allen, to not slight him, I mean, right. he's, like, he's a super close fourth. I mean, it's not like these guys are separated by miles. They're more like inches. But what, what, I, th- I, th- I think Jalen Hurts is going to take it as the MVP.
2: And talk about separating by inches here. One thing that is so much fun to watch, and if anybody hasn't seen the Eagles play yet this year, they're going to see them this coming Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday. Watch that quarterback sneak, the rugby style sneak that they do with Jalen Hurts with the legs that can squat. What does he squat? Like 650 or something like that? He's he's a very strong, powerful young man. And watch that rugby style QB sneak when they need one, two yards or the some people are calling it the double butt cheek push where the the two running backs <laughs> come up behind him and each one of them push on yep. one of his butt cheeks and drive him through he is like a bullet being fired from a shotgun and i love it yeah
0: yeah that's hard to argue with i mean again i we're, we're in that territory with all these players that it, it is a shame that quarterback non quarterbacks don't get as much play cuz yeah. i do think justin jefferson definitely should be up there i think he's a big reason that um Mm -hmm. that the Vikings did as well as they did. But um,
1: (laughs) I I struggle here, boys. Let's hear it. Again,
0: I'm with you, Mr. B. I wish I could say Joe Burrow is it, but I I just don't think it is. And it actually pains me a little bit to say this player only because of the rivalry, but I love the player himself. And I think you guys are crazy. I think it's got to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you look at the statistics, I know Jalen Hurts missed two games, right? But when you look at statistically the difference between these two, it's kind of an ocean apart. I mean, so Jalen Hurts had 3,700 yards passing, 22 TDs, and six interceptions. Patrick Mahomes had 5,250 passing and 41 touchdowns. Now, he did have 12 interceptions, he had double the amount of interceptions. But I think, you know, Jalen Hurts missed a couple games. The Eagles were still able to kind of prod on without him. I don't think that happens in Kansas City. I think if, if Mahomes goes out, they're going down. Well, uh, yeah, I don't and, think and Chad I, Henney. And I, to me, that's that valuable player sense of the word of without that player, they
1: can't they can't win games. Exactly. But I think you also have to factor in with especially with Hurts the rushing yards. True, and, and, true. And, and the threat of rushing yards. I think that's the thing is that after after game six or seven or week six or seven, it's kind of like whoa, this guy. How do we defend? He might run. He might pass. And I think that's what kind of elevates him above Mahomes. Is Mahomes? It was his rushing threat was not as scary. Well, and yeah. the,
2: the thing too. Look, Mark. No one will. If anybody criticizes you or faults you for picking Patrick Mahomes, they're completely wrong because yeah. there's. Oh, of course. I, I think B nailed it, Mister B nailed it here. There's not a bad answer amongst these top four quarterbacks. Justin Jefferson, very interesting too because. They he is all five of these guys are the single reason that these five teams made it to the playoffs.
1: Yep. You take
2: away these five players from their respective teams. None of these five teams make the playoffs this year. Justin Jefferson is what kept they won so many close games, like six or seven close with less than a field goal games this year, and it the reason why Justin Jefferson's so good is you're never out of the game when you got Justin Jefferson. You were always one throw away from being right back in the game. Josh Allen, amazing. Jalen Hurts, amazing. Joe Burrow, had he beat the Chiefs, we might be having a whole different conversation here. Pat Mahomes, incredible. So I don't think you can, you can fault uh, you for picking Pat Mahomes. I think they're all fine, fine picks, but I want to say something one more good thing about Jalen Hurts here. In that Niners game, they, I don't remember if it was Bosa or Warner. They had him wrapped up in the end zone, for, and it, was, it looked like it was about to be a uh, safety. I'm watching the game with a whole bunch of people, and I heard two or three guys go, oh, he got lucky. He fell out of the end zone. No, he didn't get lucky. That dude is so strong. He's one of the few people that could push through that guy and keep pushing on and get out of the end zone and not take the safety there. So, all five of these choices, wonderful choices, they're all great for the NFL. They all made my watching experience amazing this year. So, another great year of the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely athletic freaks. I mean, cuz when you and you're right with the running game. I mean, so so Jalen Hurts had 760 yards rushing right? And 13 rushing touchdowns. Wow. Um, Patrick Mahomes had 306, 358 yards rushing. So about half. So about a 400 yard difference between the two, but still overall yards. Mahomes still had 1100 more yards. I mean, 1100 yards. That's,
1: it is It is That's substantial, and, you know, and, so, and, but I
0: do agree. I think that the, the running game kind of plays into it. I think Mahomes has that threat, but it's definitely not to the level of Jalen Hurts. And I think Jalen Hurts might have been the only quarterback to ever throw for 150 and run for 150 in the same game. Yes. That, which that, is a pretty crazy,
1: true.
0: pretty crazy stat. So, but I mean, again, I, I think any of these five, I don't think you could be surprised if it was any of them. So I think they're all they're all I can't wait to see who who is right and who is wrong. It's going to be exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, big kids out there. We appreciate you joining us. Hope everybody enjoys their Super Bowl experience. Definitely check us out. Like Big Nick said, give (laughs) us a review. Drop us a five star. Come back and check us out. We're here every week. Every Sunday, we're dropping episodes. And uh, until next time, we are the big kid show.
2: Let's all hope for a Rihanna wardrobe malfunction. (laughs) What's <laughs> this?